first here. All right. Well, yesterday was Simchat Torah, and that was the end of the holidays of Tishrei. I hope everybody had some celebration of Sukkot, because it was a, it's a very special time of the year. I'm glad that all of you are here to join me tonight. And normally what we do on Monday is we go over the Parsha that was covered on the Shabbat before. Now, Shabbat before, of course, was going to be leading up to Simchat Torah. And so it was the end of the readings of Devarim and then coming into the first part of the reading of Bereshit. So that we start that whole cycle again. There's not an end and then a beginning. There's just this continual flow of the cycle that just goes around and around. It's a very special thing. This year, of course, I'm going to be teaching about um, Bereshit tonight, uh, the first Parsha. And what I, why I wanted to start it tonight instead of waiting until next week is because I want to devote two, um, two weeks to it so that we have a full four hours of the class devoted to the Parsha of Reishi. Just a second. Can everybody hear me okay? Kind of having to pull this microphone around here a little bit. Can you hear me all right? Okay. Now, what I'm hoping that we're going to do, now, I know that you were in my class uh, called Spirituality for the Nations, and we did some actual workshop type stuff in that class. And I'm wanting to work some of that type of thing into this class on the Parshas so that it can become practical bringing down spiritual truths into our lives and applying them so that we can grow spiritually together and we can reach up to Hashem as we get to know Him in a whole new way. That's the goal of studying the Torah. And so I want us to interact with each other. I want us to... um, grow together and I wanted this class not just to be me doing all the talking and you sit there and listen but to be a real workshop type environment as well as learning the Parsha and in order to do that I'm going to have to ask that you read the Parsha before you come to the class because the way I had been doing it is I was reading every single word now I might not do that every single time And I want everybody to have already, oh, I want everybody to have already read the Parsha so that when you come into the classroom, you're going to be experiencing basically a review of what you've already learned and then hopefully we'll be able to learn more together and we'll go forward into into deeper levels like that. So, I'm glad you could make it, Jim and Lori.
why do you think? I'm going to start with a question. Oh, welcome home. Why do you think God decided to create the world? I'm just, I'm really wanting an answer. Why do you think God decided to create the world? I want an answer from you that you'll think about it and then I'm going to give you an answer from one of our sages. But first I want you to think about it and I want you to give me an answer. There are a lot of people who have like nice little catchy answers to that question. But, and some of them, they're good. But just give that some thought. Why did God decide to create the world? Why did he decide to create man? What was the purpose? What was he thinking? I see some writing. It's a very important question as we approach Hashem in our in our lives. Why are we here? This is a very important question. People a lot of times just bop through their lives and don't ever give it a single thought. Like, okay, I'm here. But it's an important question to to understand that there is purpose in in our being here. It was simply his will. Yes, that's right. Okay, I'm going to tell you what the RE said. And this is going to be, to judge it, yes. This is going to be like the, hopefully it's going to be the springboard into the, the tone and the theme of our studying the Torah through this whole next year. Because I want to study the Torah with you because I know that you guys, a lot of you have been studying with me for a while. And I think that you're ready to go into some deeper stuff. And I want us to do this together. And we're not going to take a plunge over our heads or anything like that. But I want us to do this together because this is really for us to come into a deeper level of understanding of Hashem and our lives is the most important thing we can do. And understanding why He created us, why He created the world, what we're doing here, as part of that creation is one of the most important things maybe the most important thing we can ever know the Arizal said the reason Hashem created the universe was to bring light bring to light the completion of his works his names and his titles this was the reason for creating the world and so if this is the reason for his creating the world, then it stands to reason that we should learn his names. That we should understand what those names mean. What exactly those attributes that are associated with those names mean. When we pray, when we meditate, when we think about Hashem, what exactly this means. When you read the Bible you'll read different names. And those people who are saying these names or they're praying these names are not just haphazardly going, oh well, you know, uh, 
I'll just use this name right now. They're using this with intent. Like, for instance, your children. You're, you know, you're a mother. Your children come up and call you mother. Um, the husband will call you by your name or honey or something like this. There are certain names that we ourselves are called by different people because of our relationship to those people. Now, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. When we're talking about the names of Hashem and his titles, this is a much deeper thing because they evoke energy, they evoke vibrations in the universe when we use those names. We have to remember that he is sitting over over the whole world. He's sitting over all of the courts of heaven. And so we're going to start there. Now, just give me one moment while I pull something over. In the creation of the world as well as the creation of the soul of man, there were levels, and these levels corresponded with what we call spherot, which are the attributes of Hashem. Now we should never think that we should pray to a certain sphere, or we should direct our, our thoughts or meditations only to a certain sphere, because you have to understand that that is called splitting the shoots by our sages. It is idolatry. That's what idolatry does. They say, oh, God is a God of love. Well, yes, he is a God of love, but he's not just a God of love. He's also a God of judgment. He's multi-multifaceted. That every single thing that is, is within him. There is nothing that does not exist. Nothing exists that is not in his realm of authority. And we have to understand that. Sometimes when we come from our past life, we have a tendency to think there's good and there's evil. And God is all good. And evil has nothing to do with God. There's the other guy. And he's in charge of evil. So what have you done? You've set up two gods. Because if God has nothing to do with evil, and don't misunderstand me when I'm saying this, this is a deep concept. He created everything. And that one that we say is in charge of evil is nothing more than a created being. It is a servant of Hashem for his purpose. And so we have to be very careful when we start thinking in those terms that we don't say God is only this or he is only that because he is not only anything. He is everything. He is all-encompassing. So when we look at the, the spherot, this is called the tree of life. And we have to see it. Yes, we have to understand what each one is. And each one has a name associated with it and attributes associated with it. But we also see the whole. And each one of these, just a second while I get my little pointer, each one of these, Keter, 
Chokhmah, Bina, and that's like um, quasi. Dot is a quasi sphere. Chesed, Gevura, Tisferet, Netzach, Hod, Yesod, and Malchut. Each one of these spherot have within them all the spherot. So there is Malchut of Keter. There's Bina of Chokhmah, you know, and this is this gets involved in the thinking. And so I'm not going to belabor that right now. We're going to try to keep it kind of simple, but I want to <coughs> look at, first and foremost, we're going to look at the worlds that Hashem created. Now above all of this, above Keter, above the Spherot, is the attribute of Hashem that we do not understand whatsoever and it's called Ein Sof. That means it's a nothingness. No, no ending. And in so that is so high above that we don't even really even talk about it. Even Keter is so high that we can't really comprehend it. It's where his will is. And this is the world of Adam Kadmon which means primordial man. This is that world that is the world of his will. Now you notice that you have a Yud here. This is the first letter in the name of Hashem. And I didn't put a letter here because what is associated with Adam Kadmon and Keter, or the crown, is the crown of the Yud. And I didn't quite know how to represent that, so I didn't. And so then we come down to the next world, which is called Atzilut. Atzilut means closeness. And this is associated with the first letter of Hashem's name, which is Yud. And it's Chochmah, which means wisdom. This is the three, the triad of the top of Keter, Chochmah, and Bina are the Mochin. They are the ones of, of thought, of the head. So there are a triad up here, and sometimes we'll say this is the triad, Bina, Chokhmah, and Dot, which is called Chabad, and that's without Keter. So, you have the Yud with Chokhmah, which is in the world Atzilut, which means closeness. This is the world of the throne, uh, no, not the throne, this is where Hashem is, where He sits, and then you go to the next one, which is the throne that sits where he sits down on the throne is Bariah. Now this is going to be very important in understanding about the creation of the world. So I want to lay a groundwork here before we get started. And here is the first hay of Hashem's name. Bariah is, means um, creation. And this is the, is the sphere of Bina, which means understanding. So in the sphere of Bina is where it starts coming down into our reality. Chokhmah and Keter are above our reality, and I'm going to explain that a little bit more in a minute. Then you have the six spherot that are underneath Berea in the world called Yetzira. Yetzira means formation. And you have the Vav of Hashem's name, the numerical value of Vav is 6. So you have Gevura, Chesed, Tiferet, Netzach, Hod, and Yesod. 
to put them in order. Netzach hod kam yisod. Now chesed is loving kindness. Gevura is din or judgment. Yitzira means formation. Tiferet is glory or beauty. It's associated with the Torah. Netzach is victory. Hod is thanksgiving. And Yesod is foundation. Now, I'm not going to go into all of the details about this right now because I want us to continue and then we're going to go into the creation story and see how this relates to creation. Then you have Malchut, which means kingship, ruling, kingship. This is the king. And it is in the world called Asya or making. It's like the finishing touches of something. And it's the final hey of Hashem's name. So you have Yud, hey, cross from each other, and then Vav and hey. So the first three of the tri- the first three, the top triad here, are the upper part of the Vav, and the lower triad of these six is the lower part of the Vav. Now, why do we have this this mindset? Why do we want to think about this when we're talking about creation? Now, we have at the very top, this is how Hashem created the world. First, He willed that He was going to create the world. So you had Keter, where He willed that the world was going to be made. And then He thought about what He wanted it to be. And this is when we talk, when we think in terms of wisdom, what he wanted it to be. And then to bring it down into reality was understanding. So here we came to understanding. Now I want us to understand something here. You have Yud Hey, and you'll recognize this name. It is Yah. Now Yud Hey for the upper triad is the, uh, the first half of Hashem's name and it can, as you know, stand alone. Now the bottom part, Vav Hey, cannot stand alone. It needs the upper half in order for it to be a name. Vav Hey is not a name. Yud Hey can stand alone. And that will be something we'll talk about in a future class. Many times when we see it written, like we'll see it written in the Psalms, for instance, Psalm 118, it will talk about yud Hey, the name Yah. This is the name that brings you into spaciousness. Now the name associated with Bina, which is the name that we're going to talk about tonight more, is spelled yud Hey. Vav Hey, but it's not pronounced that way. We actually can say it. This name we say it's on the left side, which is the side of judgment, and we say Yud Hey Vav Hey Elohim. We pronounce Yud Hey Vav Hey when it is Bina as Elohim, 
and you should know that all of the judgment of the left side you have Elohim that is yud heh and then for Devura, which is pure judgment which judgment without mercy is Elohim spelled Elohim and then Hod is Elohim Sebaot which means God of hosts on the right side you have yud which we pronounce Lord, Lord of hosts that's very familiar to you I'm sure but sometimes it will be um, Elohim Sebaot so the left side of judgment draws from Bina draws from understanding and so we have to understand something about what judgment is all about when Hashem created the world created the world in the name of Elohim and it's not spelled Yudkei it is spelled Elohim however we have to understand you see this line here indicates that this is the upper triad is in the world in the world of pure mercy so although Bina which is going to bring things down into reality it's going to formulate things it's going to define things in, in creation so it has the name Elohim attached to it but it still Bina dwells in the world of pure mercy so it's a mixture of, of judgment and mercy so we look at the first verse of the Torah I want us to understand something about this first verse Bereshit bara Elohim et Hashemayim et Haaretz in the beginning and don't make a mistake think that Bereshit means something else it means that the head the head of, of in the beginning like Rosh Hashanah Rosh Chodesh in the beginning it's what it means Bara now notice it says in the beginning Bara where is Bina Bina is in the world of Bariya in the world of creation so we see this is the second word of the Torah that Bina, the Elohim the attribute of Elohim that is going to be spoken of here that is drawing down is actually living in the world of Berea of creation not formation we see formation later but first we see creation So before Hashem created before he brought things into being there was of course will so many times our sages say we're not allowed to ask what happened before the first day of creation but we still have a hint what happened before the first day of creation before the first day of creation Hashem brought about certain concepts and these concepts helped him create 
One concept he brought about was the Torah. How does a person build a house without a blueprint? So the blueprint for creating the world was the Torah. So in the world of Atzilut, where Hashem is, the closeness to Hashem, he had the Torah. And he also thought about what was going to happen after the creation. So he created the concept of shuva, of repentance. Because this is, like I said, this is in the world of pure mercy. Keter is in absolutely pure mercy. There is no judgment whatsoever associated with Keter. And so, in this realm of concept, in this realm of, of before even thought, before it even comes into thought of will it's pure mercy and then there was Gan Eden was created and the, uh, the concept was created Gehenim the Kisei Hakavod which is the heavenly throne of glory and the heavenly throne of glory is in Baria the name of uh, Mashiach so he created the soul of Mashiach before creation was the Torah and the Mashiach this is something that's going to come up later so I want us to have that already said and the Beit HaMikdash the Beit HaMikdash was created so there would be a place in the world was the concept of the Beit HaMikdash so there will be a place in the world for the presence of Hashem to always dwell on earth So he created the idea of tshuva because repentance because without it there would be no way that our world could continue we couldn't exist there was not some way of doing tshuva it was, it was, it was obvious that if man would have free will that there was a possibility that he would sin and so if there's a possibility that he might sin there had to be a way that he could fix it and this was Shuva and this is how this is where we get a concept about illness and healing that before an illness comes before some kind of damage comes that Hashem has already created the cure that there's already a cure and I believe with all of my heart that every single illness known to mankind every single illness there is a cure within nature that Hashem has already created a cure and it's just out there waiting for us to find it and if our Chochmah and Bina could be expanded enough we could find these cures that in the perfect world that he created there is no such thing as a hopeless situation and that's what Shuvah is all about. There is always hope. And this is what he, this is the message in this. Now he conceived the heavenly throne of glory prior to the universe in order to manifest his glory in the world. And this is important. This goes back to what the Arizal said that the reason that he created the world in the first place 
was to reveal, to completely reveal the light of his names and his titles in the world. And we do honor to Hashem when we come and we say, we want to know those names. In fact, there is a place in the Psalms, and maybe you, you remember this place in the Psalms that says, just let me find it. Oh, it wasn't where I thought. Oh, wait. Okay, here it is. Because he has yearned for me, says Hashem, says God, I will deliver him. I will fortify him, for he has known my name. Now, this is in the 91st Psalm. But he calls upon me, I will answer him. I, will, I am with him in trouble. I will deliver him and give him honor. Now notice that it says in the 14th verse, for he has known my name. Does it say because he speaks out my name? The ineffable name is not supposed to be said, but because he knows my name, because he has a knowledge of the meaning of it, because he has an inward knowledge in his soul where he connects with my name and the depth of what my name means. This he is saying, because he knows who I am. He knows me on an intimate level. That's what it means when it says, he knows my name. And so this is why it is so important for us to understand this. Understand the names of Hashem. So we read the first verse, and then we're going to go to the second verse. The earth was once confused, Tangled in darkness was over the turmoil and the breath of God hovered over the waters. So there was a confusion in creation. And then the next thing that happened, God said, let there be light. And there was light. So we look at Bina. And there's one more thing I want to say about Bina. Is Bina is, is connected to the Hebrew word Boneh. Bone is the word for build. So creation, building, understanding, bringing definition and shape. This is Bina. This is what the judgment of yud pronounced Elohim is. That's the name associated with understanding. Bina. And so, with his name, he brought order to the chaos. Was darkness and it was turmoil and it was chaos and he brought order now how did he do that I'm going to talk about that for a moment it was very important the light of the creation because in, before the creation Hashem's presence filled everything and there was nowhere that he could create something new. So he created a void of his presence. He withdrew. It was called Simsum in the Kabbalah. It's called Simsum, where he withdrew from a space. And then, in order to facilitate creation, 
he put he created a light that was the light of creation it's called Or Eden the, the light of Eden from the very beginning this light was a stream that came into that dark place and it facilitated the creation so here we have this light that was created the first thing that was actually formed that was actually not formed but created something from nothing and here is another concept that we must look at with creation with the word bara in Berea that creation is something from nothing Yetzira formation is something from something so the first day Hashem created what did he create? he created everything he created first he had the concept and then he created everything because later on when we go through and we're going to look at this in a little bit more detail he brought things into being and he uses the word yetzir he formed so the substance of that creature had already been created because then he is creating something from something there's a difference between bara, bara or yetzir yetzira those two concepts those two words have a difference in meaning in that that you're creating something from nothing or something from something um, does anybody have a question before I just keep going on and on and on Okay, great. All right, so before we go on with this, I want us to go back to what we were talking about, the world. So that we can have an idea of the levels of heaven. This is what they are, the levels of heaven. And then from there, we're going to go to the levels of the soul when we come to the creation of man. That's why I have these. You'll see Adam Kadmon. You see Adam Kadmon, and then you see Yahida. And underneath each one, you're seeing in green another word, and that's the levels of the soul. And we're going to get to that when we get to the creation of man. But first, I want us to back up a little bit and go back into the creations. First, before he created our physical world, he created these worlds of heaven. He created the in order to be able to shine through them and facilitate creation so the first the top is Keter like I said and it's Adam Kadmon Adam Kadmon is primordial man and it refers to this sphere of Keter and Keter literally means crown and it's generally referred to as divine will like I said now here all all stages all levels exist in like a seed form a kernel their potential lies dormant inside this kernel 
but the potential is not manifest yet in actuality. And it's at this level of pure will, divine will, that's far beyond our human experience. All the more so beyond human intellect and spiritual comprehension. The human soul, the higher self, the neshama, is not able to perceive and assimilate the purity of Adam Kadmon. Therefore, in relation to the Kabbalistic study, we only refer to it briefly due to the sublimeness and we don't ascribe to him any form or image for he is above everything like this. So like I said, that we only even say it's the crown of the Yud. We don't even have a letter associated with this level because it is so lofty and elevated above our perception. The level where spiritual, spiritual reality exists and is the scope and source of the prophetic vision is the second world. The second world is Atsilut. This level em- emanates from the center of Adam Kadmon and below to the end of his feet, the Malchut of Adam Kadmon, and this world emanates from within in, within Adam Kadmon and from within Ainsof, even above Adam Kadmon, and it comes down to Atzilut, to Chochma, and it is referred to as the Yud of Yud Hevavche. The relationship of Atzilut to Adam Kadmon is like a body to a soul. So Adam Kadmon would be the soul, and Atzilut would be the body. Both levels are integrally bound and inseparable. At the feet of Malchut of Atzilut, that the light of Ainsof stopped from proceeding further. So from Atzilut and above, which reflects within it, the light of Ainsof, which we call the Creator or God. See, this is what this is who he is. The Sphero are not the Creator. The Sphero were created by him. The Ainsof, the Creator, is above the Spherot. And so his light shines down into the Spherot. And he created our world through the Spherot, through these levels. Now this first level is the beginning of creation, the understanding. Now, and then we go to Berea. Now, Berea, or Bina, receives its light from Chokhmah. So, Keter shines into Chokhmah, and then Chokhmah shines into Bina. And it empowers it. This is the level from where the Neshama, or the soul, our higher self, emanates. This is the realm of pure thought. So, here in the level of Berea is the, the level of mind. It's the, the level that correlates to the hay of, this is the upper hay of the yud vav hay. It's also called the world of the chariot or the Markeva. It's said that all the souls of Israel are carved out from the throne of glory, this being Bariah. Atzilut sits upon the throne, which is Bariah. 
Bria means creation. It's the highest of the created levels. Higher than the level of angels. From here in Bria, correlating to the sphere of Bina, is the source of the individual enlightened, enlightened Israelite soul, the higher self, above and beyond any intermediary, principality, angel, and channeling Hashem's light directly via the Sphirot, subservient to none other than their father, the king, who is the king of kings, and the master of the universe. So this is a very, very high level. In fact, we say that this is a level that sits above. It's when we read the verse that says, um, uh, writing the high places of the earth, the inheritance of your father Yaakov, writing the high places of the earth, we're talking about the level of Bina, or Berea. And here's the throne of Hashem that sits above the courts of heaven. The courts of heaven are on this level. The 70 ministering angels of the nations are on the level of Yetzira. And this is the level of angels. So Bina, Berea, is above the level of the 70 um, ministering angels. Now many schools of Eastern meditation aspire to reach the revelation of Berea and they think this is the highest level and as you can see it is not the highest level the highest level for us to reach of course and and most of the time we could never reach it would be Atsilut but for the, the people in the schools of meditation of the east a lot of them think that, that this Berea is the highest level now you should know one thing that in our in our physicality in this world that neshama is the highest level of the soul that will come into the world the highest level that will come into the world that we need to work on once we achieve rectification of the first three from nefesh ruach to neshama once we receive we rectify those levels of our soul we no longer come into the world once we come to the level of chaya we are so elevated that we don't have to incarnate anymore in the world so there is a little bit of truth to what the people of the east think about this level of Berea now the next level second level to emanate or formulate from Atsilut is the level called Yatsira and this is a level that is um, represented by the Vav now in this level you have the six spheroes as I showed you a little while ago and this level is also called the astral level now, I know that a lot of you have heard that term of astral it's the realm of angels and this is the source of the souls of the angels demons, principalities and their kind in Hebrew the word the word for spirit is ruach this word also means wind for the winds and spirits come and go this is also the level of personification of emotions so this is the realm of feeling this is a realm where there's a lot of action a lot of action going on and it's also it's a very high level it is a high level 
it's the level of the prophets receiving prophecy it's a level of a lot of spiritual activity and so it's not even though we say oh it's only the second world it's not only about it it's a, it is a very high level to achieve but you also have to realize that this level is split 50-50 good and evil and so the prophets who do reach this level have to be aware of the messages that they're getting whether it's coming from an angel or if it's coming from a demon they have to be aware of what's going on there and they have to be aware of their feelings too that they're not carried away by their feelings because this is the realm of feelings so it's something that has to come about with a lot of practice a lot of discipline and a person can only do this if he's a completely observant person for a Jew he has to be observant of all of the Torah and for a Noahide he has to be observant of the seven Noahide laws perfectly in order to be sure that he is receiving things in a correct way and then the final way that the Atsilut is expressed it's correlated with the level of Asiya and this is the final head and it's the completion and incorporation of all the levels and here this is where all of the energy all of the everything flows down and this is a receptacle of all of that of that power and energy from heaven is called Malhut and it's the world of Asiya also referred to as the Holy Queen and the Shabbat and the Shekhinah or the living presence of Hashem it's on this physical level where the light is the dimmest due to our spiritual distance from Atzilut yet it's here where the kingdom the Malchut that shall have the the crown or the catcher to dwell upon it in the days of Mashiach so this is the level where it's the kingship it's the uh, the kingdom that will wear the crown of Keter so you see how all of it is interconnected all of the level all of the sphero all of the flow is interconnected and we can't separate any one from the other we can't concentrate just upon one because it is the oneness of Hashem to understand how it all flows together so a lot of times going back to what I said before a lot of times some people will say God is love or I have a, I have a ministry of this or I have a ministry of that and they want to just concentrate on one thing I think this is all that matters this is the only thing but yet if you study the Torah if you study all of the Torah you'll see that there is you can't concentrate on just one thing and not and be balanced in order for us to have a balance and a flow and and experience Hashem in oneness we have to be open to the complete experience of Him everything that He wants to flow through us and into the world and not just say He's just this or He's just that 
there's no just when it comes to Hashem. He is all-inclusive. We just have to understand how we're supposed to look at that, how we're supposed to understand it. And so in, I remember um, when Rabbi Avanir was talking about that the, the one aspect, one manifestation of Hashem that is the hardest for people to really relate to and so they go off into idolatry with it is the relationship or the aspect of king. Hashem as the king. And it's here in Malchut that we have that. This is where he is called king of the universe. He is called um, um, Adonai. First of all, he's called Adonai, which means master. And he's called um, Adonai Haaretz. He's called the master of the earth. This is the kingship here. This is where um, we're going to see the spirit of Mashiach come through. And this is personified, this level is personified by King David. Because King David was the first revelation in the world of Mashiach. The soul of Mashiach came into the world in King David. So now let's go a little bit further so that we can get to the creation of man and then we're going to go into the whole idea of the <coughs> the levels of the soul. Now, each day and I want to go to this other part here. Follow me to the browser. Now, each day he created something different. And we see this in the um, in the first chapter. With the sayings of Hashem. And each one of the sayings of Hashem, the ten sayings of Hashem, brought the world into being. <clears throat> so what were the sayings of Hashem, those ten sayings that brought the world into being? We see them in the first chapter. But it's very interesting to look at those ten sayings and because those ten sayings, these ten words that brought the world into being are um, an indication. They're also associated or you can line them up with the uh, ten commandments. So the first one that we consider, the first saying that brought the world into being is in the beginning of Elohim's creation. So in the beginning you don't you see, well, what was the saying there? Well, it's like the first commandment that we see I am the Lord your God. Well, where is the commandment there? It's a statement. And so it's the same thing with this very first statement of the ten statements that brought the world into being. That it's not really, like he said, something. It's a statement. In the beginning of Hashem's, of Elohim's creation. So by the word of Hashem, Elohim, the heavens were made. And then the second one is, a wind from God hovered over the surface of the waters. 
and this is the second verse, hovered over the waters. And there again, you don't really see a, st- um, a statement as in God said, let there be. That's not until the third one. God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be a firmament. And God said, let the waters be gathered. And God said, let the earth be covered with grass. And God said, let there be luminaries. And God said, let the waters swarm abundantly. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. And God said, let us make man. Now, let's go back and look at these, the way this is said. Because this is also very important. So, the idea is that everything was created on the very first day. Everything was created, as in the raw materials to create was created on the first day. And then, as he said these things, you know, we see this as he said, um, let this be, let this be. Just a second. And then, we see something a little bit different. Sorry. Want to get to that? We see a difference in the words. In the first chapter, we're seeing that he used the word Barah. So, in the first chapter, we're seeing this something from nothing. The idea of something from nothing. And then... Just a second while I go find this. Mm-hmm. When the the animals came forth from the ground they were created in the same way they were formed in the same way as man so they were formed from the the adama from the the earth in the same way as he created man and you see this idea as these creatures came forth from the earth and when they came forth from the wor- from the earth In the um, the twentieth verse, you see this word. Viyamar Elohim Yitzru Yitzru. So here we're looking at the next level. Let's go back here to our whiteboard. So first we see the word bara used. In the first chapter, we're using the word Barah. So he brings about something from nothing. This is the first stage of 
and you see it in the verbs used, especially in the Hebrew, but even in the English, it will say, let's see, no, it doesn't say it. It doesn't say it in the English. No, wait, 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 wait. They swarm from the, um, they swarm in the waters. So he created man, and this is all in the first chapter. He created man, and he uses the word bara. And he completed the work. And then it sounds like he's going back, and he's telling the, the story again. In the second chapter, it sounds like he's telling the story again. Now, when you look at, let's go back here to the um, seventh verse of the second chapter see in the first chapter he's been using the word create then in the seventh verse of the second chapter he uses the word formed and it is Yetzirah now he formed the animals as well And when he uses the word forms for the animals, in English it's going to be the same word. But in the Hebrew it's going to be a different word. He formed the animals from the dust of the ground, just like he formed man. But there is a difference that we see in the way he made them. In the way he made the animals, he uses the word yatsir, he formed them. But when he forms the man, he uses the word yatsir, he says, and God formed the man, it's he, he formed the man. And there are two yuds at the beginning of the word yatsir. Yetzir. When he's, when he's talking about that he formed the animals, however, he uses one yud. He formed the man and he uses two. And this is an indication of the connection of the soul to the man, as opposed to the animals who are have a different level of soul. Now, animals do have a living soul that gives them life. But a human being has a soul because he is created in the image of God. And let's understand something about this. What does that mean when we say that man is created in the image of God? Now I want you to just think about that for a moment and tell me what you think that that means.
we've been looking at the spherot. We've been looking at the levels of heaven. We talked a little bit about some of the names of God. What do you think it means now when we say that man is made in the image of God? As a divine spark of the Creator. Right. Man is the only creature that go, that Hashem created that was a creature, and this is why you have those two Yuds who that live was both a spiritual creature and a physical creature. He created the angels who were totally spiritual creatures. He created the animals that were totally physical creatures. But man is a creature that has both spirit and physicality. Man is a creature that lives both in this world and in the next world, the world to come. Unlike, the soul of man has that capacity. Another thing about man that is different from the animals or from the angels is exactly here in Bina. It says that Hashem, not Hashem, Elohim created the world. Elohim. He created the world with Bina, with understanding. And you'll find this in several places in the Tanakh where it says with understanding he created the world. And so with this understanding, it's something that, of course, animals don't have. Obviously, animals don't have this level of understanding. The angels also do not have this kind of understanding. What is this? This is an understanding of one thing from another thing. An understanding that enabled Adam to be able to name the animals. Because he understood one thing from another thing. He understood, was able to look into the character of these animals and be able to name them. For instance, and according to our sages, he named them not just Hebrew words, which we all believe that. He also named them in the 70 languages, or there was a potential for naming them in the 70 languages that would be in the world. So this all came from Adam. That Adam had this capacity of understanding of one thing from another. This was how he was created in the image of the Creator. That he was able to do this on the level of Bina. He was able to connect like that. It was functioning in his in his mind. 
in such a way. But the angels couldn't do it. So, this was how he was created in a different way from the um, from the animals or from the angels. That he was created in the image of Hashem. So when we look at the spherot, what we also look at is we see that they are um, anthropomorphic idea made where we we um, are seeing attributes of Hashem like it's laid out on a body, on a man's body. So Keter is the crown, the top of the head. So that thought perceives, I mean, um, will perceives thought. And then Chochmah and Bina are right brain and left brain. And then Hesed is the right arm. Yavura is the left arm. And Tiferet is the middle, the heart. Netzach is the right leg. Hod is the left leg and Yesod is the middle it's the area of reproduction and then Malchut is the feet or the toes this is where you have an interface an interface of our body with the earth an interface of heaven with earth so that is how um, there is this it's laid out like laid out on the body and these attributes of Hashem are seen like this. It's another way. But also we have to look at uh, another thing. Is how he created our souls. He created our souls that correspond to the levels of heaven. Now Nefesh is this lower level of the soul. And we're going to come into more of an understanding of this as we go along and um, through the different parshaot of the Torah and next week when we start talking about how sin came into the world we're going to talk about this more this corresponds to the level of um, Asiya and Malchut in this level you have a mixture of good and evil it's a little bit difficult to explain it but let me just say it like this if man is keeping the Torah, then all of the all of the energy from above connects with Malchut. But if he sins and he is not keeping the Torah, then all of these from Yesod up rise up and it disconnects with Malchut and it allows man to just be it's what we call cut off. His soul is cut off. And so he's allowed to just be evil because he's not receiving from above. So by keeping the Torah, he connects with these upper levels of his own soul. If he's cut off, I mean, think about it. What happens to a human being? We think about how, how can a person do terrible things in the world? How is that possible that a human being can do atrocious things in the world? Well, because of his sin, his soul is cut off from those upper levels. And so he basically becomes probably the most dangerous animal in the world 
because he still has his intellect. He can still think. But his soul is cut off from these upper levels of holiness. That's a very, I mean, think about it, and it's really a very uh, dangerous position for a person to be in. So the best thing is, this is what we mean when we, when we talk about, when we study the Torah, and when we perform the mitzvot, that we draw down holiness into the world. Because what's happening is, we are connecting with the upper levels of our soul. And as we, and this gets involved, as we perfect these levels of our soul, we draw more and more down from the upper levels into the world. And the light that is hidden, I mean, the light of creation is hidden because we couldn't stand it, is drawn down, the light of the upper levels is drawn down into the world through our asya, through our action. This is the world of action. And so as we do those things that are right, we draw those, the holiness, the light of the upper levels down into the world by connecting with those upper levels of our soul. Does that make sense to everybody? I know that a lot of times we have that question in our mind and here is from a Kabbalistic point of view an explanation of how that happens. Does anyone have a question before we go on? Or I would really like us to have a bit of a discussion. Okay. Okay, no questions. So the next thing I want us to do, now we've kind of laid a a groundwork here, and I didn't really read all of the things about the days of creation and everything, So I'm going to trust you that you're going to do that. So the next thing I want us to do, because this is going to be the opening for our studying the Torah for the next year. So we've talked about how Hashem created. We've talked about this level of Bina, how it is called Elohim. It's spelled yud but it's pronounced Elohim. And it's life. It's our life force. It's life coming down into the world. And so, when we say Hashem created us in His image, what do you think that means? Don't you think that means that He wants us to be to emulate His ways, to emulate Him? Of course, that's what it means. He created us in His image. He wants us to be like Him. If we're like something else, then we're not, we are not fulfilling our purpose that we were created for. So, I want us to do this, our very first class of the year. I know that we did this meditation before, but I want us to do this meditation again as being the very first one that we do for the year. Now this this is a verse that is found in the 51st Psalm. It is the 12th verse. And I'm going to type this in. What we're going to be 
And you don't have to say it exactly like that. Like I'm typing it in. Now, um, Okay, so this is Psalm 50, wait a minute, I got the wrong number here, 51, and it is verse 12. Here it is. A pure heart create for me, O Elohim, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. So what we're asking Hashem to do is to create within us a pure heart. So recreate our heart. Recreate our spirit. To renew our spirit. Create within me a pure heart, O Elohim, and renew my spirit within me. And this is so that we can be like Him. So that we can follow that purpose that He created us for. So this is going to be the meditation that we're going to do for the next five minutes. Five minutes is good for everybody. So I want us to just concentrate on this. Concentrate on the um, the name Elohim. This is the sphere of Bina that we're, we're talking about because it is this boundaries. It is creating a new heart, a pure heart, so that we can follow him, renewing our spirit. Does everybody everybody got that? You can verbalize it any way that is comfortable for you. Like creating me a new heart, a pure heart. Something that is a little bit easier, you can do it that way. Okay? Um so we're going to start um, now and I will tell you when the time is up. So just close your eyes, breathe in deeply, and just have a, a slow, steady breathing, and just concentrate on create in me a pure heart, O Elohim.
Okay, that has been five minutes. Maybe we're going to do a little bit longer meditations, maybe a couple minutes more in the future, but I think five minutes is good for a beginning, especially online. <laughs> so does anybody have something that you would like to share with us? King wants us to maintain the attributes he has instilled into us that are from his. That's right. We are supposed to emulate his attributes. And so we, we need to learn more about him and who he is so that we can instill those things into ourselves. We, he gives us hints too when we read the Torah I mean, it's not just little cute stories that we read, like uh, fairy tales or something. We read these these things, and don't misunderstand, these are real people. The Torah is talking about real people who really did live. But they're also archetypes through which we can learn very deep things about Hashem. And we're going to see that more as we go on into the different um, into the different Parsha oaths. And so I'm going to be using this chart and probably adding to it some so that we can understand how these different attributes relate with each other. And again, what we have to remember is that um, that he is above he himself, the creator is above the sphere of these attributes. Study of these attributes is so important to understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's why I want us to delve into this is in order for us to be created in his image as he intends for us to be, we have to understand what that what it is an image an image of what? An image of Hashem, but we have to understand his character. We have to understand how these attributes work and what this flow from heaven is and what it means to be holy so he gave us the Torah he gave us his instructions in order for us to be able to understand what it means to be holy and to understand holiness from the profane the clean from the unclean to understand all of these differences this is very very important in order for us to be able to live the lives that he wants us to live in the world. So tonight was basically an introduction into um, Bereshit. We didn't really go into the depths of it. I mean, we didn't go into the Parsha itself too much. It was more or less an introduction. I wanted to introduce the ideas of the Creator and how he brought creation into being. But sometimes this kind of goes by us as we get into the days and what was created when and all that. It goes by us. And we need to have a grasp of what happened from the very beginning and how this came about.
And also, I would like to say that if you have an idea of something that you would like to learn about, something you want to know, or something that you want us to do in the class, um, please don't hesitate to suggest that to me. I'm wanting to us to um, to learn the Torah parshas with these by learning about these archetypes and learning about um, attributes of Hashem, but also to start learning techniques like the meditation and so on, how we can incorporate these things into uh, into our lives. Is there a place where we can get a copy of what is on the whiteboard? It has been helpful for me to understand. Okay. Um, what I can do is I can email it to you. I can make a like an attachment and email it to you. And what I would like now, we talked about this before, of making a notebook. Okay, of making a notebook. And this is something that you should put in your notebook once you get that, um, that document. Put this into your notebook because it's going to be something that I would like to write. I do have your email address. And it's something that I, I want us to refer to in future classes. So, let's work together and we'll build a notebook together on these different materials for the Parshot. And what I'm going to do, I'm a uh, leanator, I don't want to promise, but eventually what I'm wanting to do is to give you all of the names of Hashem that are associated with each of the Spirot. And so that when you read through the, the Tanakh and you come upon one of the names of Hashem, that it will help you to connect with it in a deeper way. That's my hope. So what I'll do is I will just I will send a copy of this document to everybody who's in the class tonight, okay? So, I feel like there was something else I wanted to do tonight, and for some reason I'm just not uh, remembering it. Okay. Well, I'm kind of tired tonight. It, it's been um, long vacation, ready to get back to work, but you know how you have to rest from your vacation. <laughs> So, anyway, so if, does anybody have any more, um, a comment or a question? Okay. So we're going to to resume this next week.
7 o'clock, we're going to resume the study of Bereshit, the first Parsha, next week. Because I wanted to um, just incorporate some of the ideas as we're studying the Torah. As we're studying this Parsha especially to begin. And um, so... That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you had something to say. Okay, so if nobody has any more to add or to say, I think I'm going to end the class a little bit early. Um, right. I miss you guys too. Having uh, having the Shabbat without you guys was a little bit strange. <laughs> Oh, that's very good. Jerry has some interesting insights to support the Noahide thing. Okay, thank you, Dale and Catherine. Thank you for being in the class. Thank you, Alan and Eileen, Jim and Lori, and Glenn and Michelle. And like I said, I will send this document to you. And um, what I want us to do, like I have talked about in the past is for you to get a notebook get dividers and put the name of each Parsha on a divider and then put the different materials that you will gather and things that you'll write yourself in each one of those um, dividers and you'll be surprised I promise you you will be so surprised at how what a good study tool that will be and you've made it yourself Okay, so I'm really excited about the, the upcoming year and all of the things that we're going to learn together. And um, I invite you to be in touch with me by email, by phone, whatever you want to do. And, uh, and we'll just, um, we're going to have a great time. Shalom, shalom to all of you. So, next week, 7 o'clock, and that will be after the reading of the Parsha um, on Shabbat. So, good night, and I wish all of you well. <laughs>